Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of Sharp Money live from downtown Las Vegas, Bar Canada at the D. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick. Amal Shaw is here. Dustin Sweetelson, our producer as well. And we get to kickstart the hour with a little college football talk. A lot happening in the SEC. So we welcome in our pal Brooks Austin. Once again, great to have Brooks back, SI Fan Nation's director of Cruton. And let's start with what's going on in the conference before we get to Georgia, a team you cover pretty closely here, Brooks. Head coach Jimbo Fisher, he's, uh, he's out at A&M. You just posted a video about this. What do you feel about where the A&M job is at now that all these coaches, Dabo Swinney getting, and, and the like, getting asked about that opening at A&M? Dude, I just went through the, the football history on uh, stats, reference. Did you know that in 121 years of college football history, Texas A&M has 12 10-win seasons? They, they average 10 wins once every decade. This is not like one of these historically great jobs. It's just one of these jobs that's in like invested in at a historical rate, their fan base, you know, to their heart, you know, great on them. They support that football program. Like they win national titles every year. And the honest fact of the matter is they just don't. And I don't know what it is about that football program, but over 121 years, as soon as they have a good football coach, the guy either retires for 25 years, goes to win on a national title like Gene Stallings at Alabama, or Alabama just steals them like they did Bear Bryant. So I don't know why everyone goes out with the take up. This is a great job because, yes, they will pay you a bunch of money. But when you're done, you either go somewhere else to win or you just don't go anywhere else. So I, I don't know who they ultimately end up hiring because – Everybody in their mama has already said, no, it ain't going to be me. I ain't going there. Uh, Brooks, you know, listen, you bring great knowledge on in this show, but I, I'm going to object to a couple of things you said. First of all, I lived in the Lone Star State for a dozen years, so I know all about that cult down in College Station. Second of all, this is a program that won a re- national title fairly recently, 84 years ago. They finished <laughs> in the top four once in that time. Once, folks, 2020. That was the last time they finished in the top five in the college football rankings. Brooks is absolutely right. These people think they're Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, or whomever else you want to throw into the mix. And the reality of it is they're one step above Texas Tech. They can't get that through their heads, and they seem to think they can go get Dan Lanning or anybody else. Why would you want that? Unless you just sit there and say, listen, I'm here for the money grab. I'm not even going to coach. Just fire me. I signed the contract. 
I, I, you know, I, I talked about it last night. I, why wouldn't they go hire a, a football coach like Jed Fish? Like yep. all these other names that keep getting thrown out there. These are flashy names that you're going to have to pay or put $20 million a year in front of. And then guess what? You're probably going to be in a very similar situation because if he just has one good year like Jimbo Fisher did, you're going to tie yourself down to another decade of them. I thought that was one of the, the bigger, you know, mistakes that's been overlooked in the last couple of days. Yeah. Everybody's laughing at the $76 million that they're giving them. Guys, they signed up for another 10 years of this 30 months ago. Like this was this was a colossal, uh, you know, group of decisions that ultimately ended up in $76 million worth of failure that comes directly out of their fan base's pocket. I know we, we talk about their fan base's expectations, but dude, if I was giving that kind of money to a football program, by God, they better be winning or else I'm going to be upset. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily their fan base's problem. It's this is a uh, a history of bad decision making from the athletic department. It seems like out there at Texas A&M. No question. I don't know how Bork still has a job there. It's shocking to me that he's still employed. Mm. This was a bad hire to begin with. Look at the cupboard that was left at Florida State. Brooks, I want to go to a game on Rocky Top on Saturday, a rivalry game here between Tennessee and Georgia. I don't think Josh Heupel knows Georgia as well as you do. You had a tremendous breakdown last week in terms of Ole Miss and the fact that they wouldn't bring their offense with them outside of the first quarter to Athens. Now, the dogs are only laying 10 and a half. I don't know what the odds maker's problem is, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is an unload the clip on the dogs here. Are you kidding me? Joe Milton, this guy can overthrow a country by himself. He's only getting 10 and a half in this spot. Dogs all day on Rocky Top. Break it down for us. Hey, dude, I, I like the enthusiasm, first of all. But I think what Vegas is doing there is is doing a very similar home road split that Ole Miss shows. This defense doesn't even travel on the road this year for Tennessee. They, they played relatively well. They've become a, a run-based, defensive-based football program under Josh Heupel, something that I don't think a lot of people probably would have expected out of this Tennessee football program coming into the season or let alone coming into the Josh Heupel regime down there at Tennessee. So I, I do think Vegas is doing the – well, they got the home field advantage. I would imagine that's worth about three and a half, maybe four points out there in Vegas being up there in Neyland Stadium uh, and that being a 330 CBS football game. It's always going to be highly anticipated – but, man, I'm, I'm with you. Kirby Smart has kind of, like, stamped his flag Baker Mayfield style in the middle of Neyland Stadium and said, hey, look, man, we're not afraid to come up here, and we're not afraid to jump on you very, very early. The last two times Georgia's been out uh, at Neyland Stadium, you know, they've kind of left the first quarter with 21-0, 21-7 leads and kind of jumped out on that football team on the road. I expect a relatively similar game plan, a relatively, relatively similar level of execution from this Georgia football team. The only thing that would hold me from that kind of, uh, you know, thought process is Tennessee is a man blitz football team. They like to play a lot of man coverage, send a lot of pressure. The only two other football teams this year that have kind of showed that same game plan against Georgia were South Carolina um, and uh, Missouri. And those two football teams have held Georgia under 30 points. The only teams to do so this year. So they have a relatively similar game plan to the ones that have kind of been able to play with Georgia within a couple of scores. But I'm with you just way too much talent right now and way too much of a one dimensional football team from Tennessee that's relying way too heavily on running the football against a program in Georgia who, let's be honest, you just don't run the football against them unless that's your entire game plan that day. We're just going to run the ball a la Auburn this year. Ben, Hendon Hooker, Darnell Wright, and Jalen High are not walking through that door. No, they Hypo's are not. in trouble. No, they are not. Ten, you can still find tens out there in the market. Circuit and DraftKings have gone to Georgia minus ten and a half. First half spread, too. Brooks, you're talking about that angle coming out immediately, planting the flag, looking good for the, the dogs on the road. Six and a half is what you'd have to lay for Georgia in that spot. And especially with the, the tight end 
Uh, Brock Bowers now back into the fold. You saw Georgia put up the 50-burger against uh, Ole Miss. Are you feeling at this point, Brooks, like it's 100% back with Bowers in the fold, and this is an offense now that is reaching its peak better than what we've seen so far this year? You know, honestly, as a as a route runner, he looked like himself on Saturday. It was the the other like fighting to finish blocks. You know, he's become kind of a really really physical finisher uh, in terms of blocking as a tight end, particularly in space against smaller defensive backs. I didn't quite see that on tape this weekend, as you would imagine, probably trying to protect his feet when he's out there in space, not as a, a, pri a primary ball carrier. Um, but no, in terms of you know his ability and whether or not he's guardable, no, that that dude was himself on Saturday or at least 90% of himself and 90% of Brock Bauer still isn't getting covered in college football. I don't believe um, by anybody. I, I, I would have to go all the way back to maybe Justin Simmons, like Clemson days all the way back there where you have this like six, five, 230 pound hybrid safety linebacker. That's about the only like combination of human that I think is both big, big enough and physical enough and fast enough to cover what is uh, an alien, it seems like, in Brock Bowers. I, I love that comp. I'll give you one name, I think, in college football. The only guy that can cover him is Gentry out of USC. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, tremendous mm. range, wingspan of about 8 feet. He'll be a guy that gets drafted in the first 45. Uh, Want to shift ahead to the SEC title game in Atlanta. The matchup is set now. Georgia, Alabama. Assuming there are no injuries in Alabama scrimmage on Saturday against Chattanooga and then down in um, the Iron Bowl down in Auburn, when you look at these two teams right now, Alabama comes in as a four-point underdog line, opened at three, Brooks going to four. Milrose playing a lot better. But is Alabama offensively good enough and consistent enough against this dog's defense to be able to put up enough points? Because I still think Georgia's going to be able to score on Alabama. You know, as early as probably two weeks ago, I would have said no. Um, but watching the way that they, they executed on third down, I believe at one point in that football game against LSU, they were 10 of 12 on third down. So that tells me, like, as an offense, you're highly efficient, not just running the football and playing bully ball like we thought Alabama was going to do, but throwing the football as well. They've developed and kind of settled into what Jalen Milrow's passing attack should ultimately be. But this past weekend, I was really, really impressed. Say what you want about Kentucky. That was an 11 o'clock local start. Jalen Milrow takes a, a hip pointer in the first drive of the series. And next thing I know, I look up there, up 28 to nothing. And you ask how, well, the first three possessions they scored uh, touchdowns on, that was all Jalen Milrow throwing the football. And in the last drive, yeah, they got a touchdown due to a short field and some turnovers. But that's kind of who this Alabama football team is this year because it, 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 say what you want about them and say what you want about Nick Saban and whatever. We you know the Texas game looked rough, UCF game or USF game looks rough. This defense is as good as any defense that, you know, Nick Saban's had, in my opinion, particularly because of what they can do at the corner spot. They play man coverage as well as anybody in the sport right now because they have two first-round corners in Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold um, who are absolutely locking things up out there. So it makes things really congested, separates the timing for most offenses. Um, so I, I do worry about that. that. That offense is absolutely peaking at the right time. Um, but, you know, that leads me to believe, hey, it might be a shootout in the SEC championship game, or, you know, maybe it's an offensive-led football game. And in that case, I'm pretty much leaning on Georgia in any matchup this year. I think offensively, if they want to, if they want to crank it up, they can be as efficient and as explosive as any uh, team in the sport right now. Just based off what they're putting on film, there's really no answers to how to stop them now that they're fully healthy. Circa has already posted that number, just posted it the other day, Brooks. Georgia laying three and a half, 55 and a half your total for Georgia and Alabama. Real quick before we hit a break here, it's college football win total season. I'm sweating out this Kentucky over six and a half wins ticket. They're at six, laying a short number at South Carolina this week. How do you see that game playing out? 
Oh, that's at South Carolina. Shane Beamer's yeah. coaching for his footless job or his shoeless job <laughs> out there <laughs> yeah. um, at South Carolina. Um, so I would probably take them. But then again, Mark Stoops has made a six and a half million dollar annual salary off beating the bottom end of the SEC. So if Mark Stoops wants to keep the momentum rolling up there at Kentucky and keep that, you know, buyout outside of the 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 discussions for their booster club, this might be a football game he wants to win. Because if you're losing to less than 500 football teams, uh, then you aren't Mark Stoops at Kentucky. You're just the Kentucky football program that's not living up to standards, which are Beat the bottom dwellers. Yeah. That's the standard for Kentucky. Well, as Zamal likes to say, Midnight Madness is already here. So, uh, listen, I was uh, talking with uh, Austin. <laughs> I mean, with Brooks during the uh, commercial break, and I said, "Why the hell does Mark Stoops have a fifty-one million dollar buyout? I mean, John Calipari got a kick in to fire him too." Just give me one. That's all I'm saying, Mark. Come on, man. Again, Brooks Austin, you can follow at Brooks Austin BA, SI Foundation's Director of Recruiting, Dogs Daily Lead Editor. Always love having Brooks on. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. No doubt, boys. Y'all be good. Thank you. And we will continue the college football discussion up next. We'll go into some Heisman talk right after this on Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. Sports Betting Network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st 
For only $120, you can do that by going to vcin.com slash subscribe. In about 15 minutes, we'll welcome in Tim Jenkins, quarterback trainer, film analyst here on Sharp Money. But right now, Malsha, I heard you have a little Bo Nix Heisman ticket, and he is now uh, even money. We're seeing in a lot of shops. Pretty impressive. Yeah, 12 to 1. I took him after they lost to Washington. I thought he was the best quarterback on the field. They came up three yards short. We're not even having this conversation about the Heisman if he gets three yards on that fourth down play. I think Oregon has been a dominant team, but more importantly, uh, when you look at it, Bo Nix has completed 77.7% of, of his passes, 29 touchdowns, just two INTs. He has been thoroughly dominant. He's up there among the league leaders in college football in terms of completions. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, in terms of yardage. He's still even money as uh, this morning I saw here in Vegas. If you've got an opportunity, I'd bet Bo Nix to win the Heisman. I don't think Michael Penix is the second threat. I think the second threat is Jaden Daniels at this point in time. Jaden Daniels became the second quarterback in college football history to run for 200 yards and throw for 300 in the same game in that performance against the Florida Gators. The previous quarterback to do that was Marcus Tuyasasopo in the uh, Washington Huskies Rose Bowl season. I think that was, what, 2001-2002 in that game against Stanford where he threw for three and ran for two. So only two quarterbacks have done that. Even the great Lamar Jackson did not do that. As well as Jaden Daniels has played. I just don't think he can overcome his team's performance uh, sure. in three losses. Even though you've got guys like Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin, and Tim, uh, Tim Tebow in the last three, uh, two-plus decades to win a Heisman with three losses. Bo Nix is on a team that's going to get to the college football playoff, in my estimation. They're not a lock. Even if they win the Pac-12, I think Texas gets in before them. I think the winner of the SEC title game gets in. And by the way, remember when I said to Barrett Salee, Dustin, that if Georgia loses the SEC title game, they're not going to get in? I'm going to tell you right now, that's looking more and more realistic. Uh, as someone who has a Jaden Daniels. <laughs> I was going to gonna say, second, yeah. Kind of baited them all here into something that I found this morning. Uh, I do, But I do think Knicks is, is the rightful favorite. As much as I want to make my case for Daniels, I will just add this. When we Russ Mitchell of College Football tweeted this out, the strength of schedules for your Heisman candidates. So Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, who's 70 to 1, by the way, at Circa, which is a fascinating I saw number. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy number when you think about where it was uh, a week ago. 100 to 1 at DraftKings. Okay. He was, Thousand. he was literally, what, 850 a week ago? Sorry, and they won the game. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the problem. He threw, he threw the ball eight times. Yes. He didn't throw a pass in the second half. So Michigan is 65th in their strength of schedule. Uh, Jordan Travis, Florida State, is 55th. Oregon, 53rd for Bo Nix. And then it looks like Washington at 43rd. LSU, the fourth hardest schedule in the country. I mean, hashtag breaking. They play in the SEC, Dustin. Of course they're well, going to be. No, this year, you know, no, because the, what helps them a lot is Florida State. The non-conference with Florida State helps them a lot. Remember, they also did play Alabama. That obviously elevates them also. But they look, lost all the. But they lost all those games, so it's yeah, sort of but, a moot point. Yeah, and here's the other but thing. But not because of him. He well, came the, first game, the first game was on him. They didn't score in the second half. They scored seven points when the game was already out of hand. He he can't Giselle it. He can't throw, catch the ball, and play defense. Well, first of all, why don't you go back to that game in Orlando? What did he do in that second half of that game against Florida State? When well, the whole world here told you LSU, and I try to tell you free shoes you. Uh, well, but by the way, they stink. Florida State stinks. Florida State should be, honestly, Florida State has been so unimpressive. If they go undefeated, which they will because it's the ACC, keep them out of the playoff. I'd rather see one of these better teams in. 
Wait, they just beat a team you were talking about their strength of schedule and why Jaden Daniels should win the Heisman. So, Counselor, your uh, argument is contradicting itself. No, they're two different arguments. One is Jaden Daniels for Heisman, and one is keep Florida State out of the playoff. Uh, uh, yeah, against Florida State, Jaden Daniels, 346, 64 on the ground in week one. Yeah. And how many points did they score in the second half of that game? Not many. Seven? I think it was seven. It was, and it was seven. forty-five yes. twenty. It was forty-five seventeen when they put that extra touchdown in there. I think it was on a seventy-five-yard touchdown pass to Malik Neighbors. Yo, oh, your boy Bo Nix really got to pad those stats against Portland State. Go back and look at his numbers against Portland State. He didn't play a ton the way you think he did. He, hey, if if Jaden Daniels could play the USC defense, he'd put up big numbers too. I feel I like about 90, di 90 different quarterbacks in America would be putting up the same numbers if they got I, USC. I think the offensive coordinators would get bonuses if they're going to oh, play SC. Yeah. I think Amal's ticket is is correct. However, I do think there is a case to be made for for, for Jaden so Daniels I, right I, now. I was thinking about this morning with the Heisman, and I'm thinking, honestly, I think they should do away with this award. Because if you're not going to give it to the most outstanding player in college football, then we should just stop with it. Well, because it becomes this stupid subjective argument. Well, he's the best player on, on the best, best team. team. Yeah. And that doesn't, so, that's not what the award was meant for. So if I were being completely objective here, I think the two best players, the three best players in college football this year, Jaden Daniels, number one, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., number two, and Brock Bowers, number three. I can't Bo, know. Bo, Bo Nix is amazing, but dude, you got Franklin, Johnson, Bucky Irving. I mean, they've got dudes everywhere. I, I, I think if we're having a real conversation of whose team is not going to be what they are without them on the roster, look. While, oh, it's LSU all day. No, 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 hold on. While I think all the quarterbacks have strong cases, I think they're all in very good systems. I think Ohio State, without Marvin Harrison, with some of the catches he's had to make and the plays he's had to make in crunch time, when everyone knows he's getting the ball, he I think he has a stronger case than people are making right now. Be, I know stats matter. I know it's a quarterback award. But without Marvin Harrison, Ohio State might have two losses. Oh, and what's, I ask, what's the path for Maserati Marv to actually win this thing? Because he is one of the four guys that can't oddsmakers at least give a chance he to. He can't win it. Here's why. There have been three wide receivers that have won the Heisman Trophy, right? 1987, Tim Brown. 1991, Desmond Howard. And 2020, Devontae Smith, correct? You know what they all had in common? They all returned kicks. Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't return kicks. Desmond Howard had a great punt return against Ohio State. We saw Tim Brown have great plays. I know these, that's before your guys' time, but the reality of it is Tim Brown was a threat anytime he was on the field. Marvin Harrison's a threat if they get him the football he, on a pass. He's the best, but he to me, he is the best player in college football. Like, he is the best. There's nobody better. Than, there's a lot of great receivers out there. He is the best, most overall dynamic weapon on that offense. That team is number one in the country. They are not playoff bound I, I, without I, him. I, I don't completely agree with you. He's a great, great player. There's no question about it. I would make the argument Bowers is every bit as good as he is. And he's a tight end. He can't impact the game the same way. Brock Bowers impacts it for Georgia a ton. No, he's big on third down. Yeah. That's the key but, for Brock Bowers. But I will say this. Emeka Buka is going to be a first-round pick. Sure. That guy's an absolute dude. Okay, Julian Fleming was number one overall recruit. Wait, go ahead. How much does a Buka benefit from all the attention of Marvin Harrison on one side? That's that's fair, but I'll tell you this. On third down and 18 in South Bend, he went to Buka at the goal line. Sure. And all I'm saying is that Emeka is a big-time player, and Julian Fleming was the number one overall recruit. It's not like that. Carnell no. Tate was the top receiver last year. All I'm saying is he is a phenomenal player. I'm not taking anything away from me. He makes some catches. You're like, dude, I don't even know how he caught that well, ball. No, but this just goes back to the subjective discussion we were having before about the, how, how you look at this award. 
And is it the best player in college football? It's the football? most outstanding, right? Yeah. Also, I think some of these, like, 35-year-old quarterbacks should not be getting the award. Like, <laughs> the 35-year-olds. Like, I, I, I correct it, myself. J.J. McCarthy is now 1,000 to 1. So, there's so many zeros. That, just, that thing just keeps adding on to it. But if you really are a believer in Ohio State, Dustin, and we're talking about how the subjective nature of this award, wide receiver doesn't return kicks, why not just take the Buckeyes? You can still get them no, no, plus 145 to make the playoff. I don't believe in them. That's my point. I well, think, then that's I a think different, they have a, a horrible offensive line. I think they have a great defense. I, I actually think Kyle McCord has been better that, than I, the perception, but he's still not special. That's the issue. I think without Marvin Harrison Jr., a lot of this would have come crumbling down earlier in the year. Unfortunately, and I'm not saying because it's Dustin, I agree with everything he said there. The problem for Ohio State is the offensive line. Their defense, to me, is as good as anybody mm -hmm. in college defense football. Defense is fantastic. And, and McCord has played well. If you go look at McCarthy's numbers and Kyle McCord, the difference is one <laughs> INT. Yeah. Right, uh, McCarthy threw three picks against Bowling Green, uh, but Kyle McCord has been very consistent. He's been very solid. Here's the problem. People remember the last game, and i got to tell you, it's been a long time since I've seen a quarterback play as well as C.J. Stroud did against Georgia. When you look back at that game and what he did, it was unbelievable. They should have won the national titles. Ohio State will look back and regret it. But I don't – I mean, like, we're comparing him to C.J. Stroud, who's already in the conversation for MVP as a rookie in the National Football League. Kyle McCord has been very good this year for the Buckeyes – Excuse me, the problem has been the tackles, the left yeah. and the right tackle. Dewan Jones is starting for the Browns, and Paris Johnson is starting for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I don't think people realize, that's my argument against Georgia and Bama in certain years. I'm like, dude, you can't just lose guys who go into the pros and dominate and expect the next guy up. Perfect example this year, J.C. Latham and Caden Proctor for Alabama, the tackles. They have not been as good as people thought they were going to be. It's just not that easy to replace that kind of talent. All I'm saying is if you, if you actually believe in Ohio State, and I'm with you guys, I have not really been a – Believer yeah. from a make the college football playoff perspective, but there's just it's wasting a ticket and a bet on Maserati Marvin. Oh no, I agree. You're five yeah, to one. The you just bet the, to win, the, win the national title. Yeah. My, my point wasn't or you that, do that. My point wasn't to bet it. My point was if we're talking about the best overall player in sure. college football, I think Marvin Harrison is the sure. best. I, I kind of like your take, Amal. Can we just uh, like abolish this award? Because right. outside of us uh, talking about it for B blocks on, uh, on on endless weekday shows, I just I can't stand the well, discussion. No, the problem is you're not giving it to the most outstanding player. And that's Dustin's why. Point. If you include the quarterback, the most outstanding player in college football in the 2023 season is Jaden Daniels. Troy Smith won this award. Troy Smith won the award. He was York. great that year. Tim right, Jenkins look at the numbers. joins us next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Certainly seemed like a whole lot of people were on the Denver Broncos last night. Broncos covering against the Bills, and that's where we start here as we welcome in our pal Tim Jenkins, film analyst, quarterback trainer, who will uh, help help us break down them all. The, the curious case now, recently at least, of QB Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers, INTs. What are you seeing when you watch the tape, uh, Tim, of a Josh Allen-led Bills team that continue to struggle now, basically 500? Yeah, I, so I think people are we're a little panicked about Josh, right? I think a lot of people are like really kind of you know uh, maybe overreacting a little bit. I think ultimately it's no different than you saw. The tape isn't different, 
as he got, remember, he struggled early on in his NFL career, and then he got better. It wasn't, the tape didn't change. It wasn't like, hey, Josh went from trying to force a, you know, middle of the field open post into a cover three shell. It wasn't like those stopped. He just started completing them, right? If we're being honest about his game, it wasn't, hey, all of a sudden he's really changing how he plays. He's been the same player. He's just progressively gotten better, and he's fitting them into tighter windows. And I think what we're seeing a little bit of is we're still making some aggressive decisions, which I would never want to take out of his game. And then we're also seeing some unfortunate breaks, right? Like that first post um, or the post that he tries to fit in that then bounces off his guy's hands and, and Justin Simmons intercepts, like that, that, how, that's not really on our quarterback, right? Hey, you throw a good football, you throw it in tight coverage, we've got to go make a play. So I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a situation where if you look at the Bills, you can say about their offense, our quarterback is still playing aggressive, and these decisions that in the past have been 50-50 decisions or 70-30 decisions in the positive are actually reversed now, right? We're like 30% success rate and 70% of the time it's a turnover-worthy play or something. And we're still 500, which to me feels really good, right? Because at some point, those stop bouncing off your receiver's chest and they start getting caught. And then you're winning games by 14 again versus losing them by two after you had 12 guys on the field and field goal block. Tim, with the change now from uh, Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator to James Brady, the quarterback's coach, as a former quarterback yourself, how much of an impact does that have on you, not only just from a play-calling standpoint but a mental standpoint, right? Because there's a certain element of you you have to feel like you're responsible for Dorsey being out of a job. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt, man. Like, you take that super personally, right, as as Michael Jordan would say. But, you know, having your quarterback coach do it is – you get a little bit closer to it because he's the guy and you guys know the NFL, it's all, it's quarterback driven. So the OC spends 90% of his time in that quarterback room, but there's also another 10% of the time, right? Where he's going down to the O line or he's going to the back or he's going to the receivers. So it's not a hundred percent of the time. Whereas your quarterback guy, man, you're grinding your reads a hundred percent of the time with him. So you do get a little bit closer. Obviously Josh, you know, feels like hell, right? That they're having to make that switch. Um, I also, you're going from a guy, you guys remember how, how many years ago was it that he was the hottest candidate on planet earth, yeah. right? To come be a coordinator or come be a head coach. And then all of a sudden he kind of fell off a little bit after Carolina, which I don't know who could have made Carolina right when, you know, when he was the OC there. But then, you know, I, I, I think in terms of when we see these kind of changes, he might be the most qualified guy that we've seen elevated um, in, a, in a team that, that's going to make a playoff run. Right, so Joe Brady now interim OC in Buffalo and a lot of other interesting quarterback situations around the league here, Tim, is you can follow Tim at T. Jenkins Elite. One game of film now in the books for quarterback Kyler Murray in Arizona with his return. Admittedly, super small sample size, advanced numbers not super kind to Murray, negative 8.2 completion percentage over expectation, but again, only, what, 40 snaps or so for Murray in his debut against the Falcons. What did you see when you watched the tape? Kyler is uh, another guy that is just like Josh that we talked about, where his style of football is he's going to go out there, he's going to be creative, he's going to maybe generate some shot plays that aren't scripted, right, aren't paper football. You're not, you're not calling in, hey, drop back, I want you to run around for three seconds and then fire this thing on the post, but he's going to do it. Uh, simultaneously, it's, it's, it's part of when, when he struggles. Now, listen, they won. I think he's one of those guys that – to me, it's, it's so hard to coach because 
you want when, when you're calling a play in, you're not calling it in for a worst case scenario. You're calling it in to work, right? Hey, I call an F ship to either throw the throw the ship or throw the collect shallow, right? That's why I'm calling it in. Then you have a quarterback who can create something out of nothing, but it's really hard to coach those guys because there's certain times where you're like, man, just hit your back foot and throw to the first progression. It's open. But part of those guys not throwing to the first progression and spinning out of there is what makes them great. So Kyler, I think we saw a game in which he played really efficient football, played great football within his style. Uh, he's also one of those guys that it's inevitable. There's going to be a week that we're going to all jump on here together. We're going to be like, hey, Kyler Murray, you know, turn the ball over five times because uh, those, <laughs> those spin outs and runarounds turned into, uh, you know, turnovers versus bouncing our direction. So he is one of those guys that I think it's harder to give a true evaluation of week in and week out because there are times where you guys, you know, you turn on the tape and you go, man, why did you not throw to your first progression who's wide open? And then he extends the play and he generates a 30-yard completion versus, you know, the six-yard hitch. And I'm sure as an OC, you're happy about that, but you're also, like, kind of pissed that, man, we got to just take what's, what's there. Tim, you tutored uh, P.J. Walker, who played at Temple, and he plays for the Cleveland Browns currently. Uh, he came in just for a brief play against the Ravens on Sunday. Now, Deshaun Watson is expected to play in Week 11. But what is the preparation like for a backup quarterback in that situation, even though you're not expected to play? There's a strong possibility, though, you might get in the game if for some reason Deshaun can't be as effective as he was last weekend against the Baltimore Ravens now playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose defense can put a lot of pressure on a quarterback and what kind of mobility they have. Yeah, I mean, I could give you guys the political answer first, which is, oh, he's going to prepare the same each yeah, week. Yeah. But I could give you guys the honest answer, which is a freaking nightmare, right? Because you have the starter who they're going to push reps-wise, right? They're pushing, hey, we, we, everybody wants your starting quarterback out there. So when you're in a situation like this, they push the reps to the starter, you know, 95 to 5. But then they're also sitting there like, hey, did you see that look? And it's like, yeah, I saw it. I didn't take it, right? So it's like, it's a nightmare as a quarterback, especially then when you go face a defense that you can, whoever we want to say calls plays in Pittsburgh or does whatever we can say, but you guys know that is a Tomlin stamp team every single year. They are going to heat your ass up. And if you're a quarterback, the hardest thing to be ready for is pressure, right? That the easiest thing is if I can go in there and you're going to drop seven or drop eight every time. And I can hit my progression just like it is on paper. So easy as a backup quarterback. When it comes to, you know, hey, we need to reallocate the mic, right? We need to not mic the mic. We're going to mic the Sam because I need to make this protection right because guess what? You guys bring nickel pressure from the boundary more than anybody in the league. And then, oh, okay, now, okay, I've got my boundary settled up. Now I got to look to the field and I got to give him a backside break off just in case the free safety comes. Like those kind of things are what you rep a ton of in walkthroughs and you rep a ton of in practice. Well, when you're the backup, and rightfully so, we got to push that to the starter. But then you get thrown in the game, and it's like the amount of mic manipulation you have to do against the Pittsburgh Steelers, meaning like you don't actually mic the middle linebacker. You mic somebody else so your protection is sound. The amount you have to do that is probably double than when you face a normal NFL team. And then when you do that, you have to change everyone else's sights and how to just – it's part of the reason why – you know how sometimes you guys, we turn on the tape and you go, we got a young quarterback in there, and for some reason they brought a free safety – and the receiver didn't look, and the quarterback just got hit in the back. That's on the quarterback. He probably manipulated the mic, right? Mike to Sam, and then forgot to give a backside breakoff. And when he does that, guess what? You get your, you know, you get rocked, and and nobody's looking for you. So to me, it's like those are the things that we don't fully give credit to, like as a, you know, as as fans and everything when we watch, because 
when you go to a team like Pittsburgh, it's tough, and especially on a limited rep perspective. Now, listen, I guess that Cleveland is going to manipulate those reps so that PJ gets probably a ton during like blitz and adjust period because you have to have him ready for it. And Deshaun's, you know, has a season of reps. Um, but that is kind of the biggest, the biggest hurdle in getting ready as a backup when you go face these teams that will will heat you up. That's a great breakdown. Make sure you check out Tim's uh, YouTube channel, All Things QB, at T. Jenkins, elite quarterback, trainer, and film analyst, joining us right now on Visa's Sharp Money. Tim, we appreciate the breakdowns. That line in particular, Steelers-Browns, we'll talk about in a second, will be fascinating to watch how it evolves throughout the week. But thank you again for stopping by here on Sharp Money. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, next week. Uh, you have a line out four, four and a half a ball. It's been a division this year where you just kind of blindly take dogs in the AFC North. You're hitting at a very high rate. Could you get there, though, with Pittsburgh this week? Yeah, I think you can. Defense is playing better. Look, uh, Jordan Love presented some challenges. They didn't play great offensively, but you know, I thought the Browns didn't look great on offense either. They had a Newsome uh, pick six for a touchdown against Lamar Jackson. This is a good football team in terms of the Browns, but offensively, Deshaun Watson has not been able to flip the switch to what he was in Houston. And I don't know if you can get Kenny Pickett to give you consistent 60 minutes. That's the bigger issue there. Sure. I give the Browns the edge, but no way with my lay in four and a half with the Browns here. If someone offered you a prop, Steelers will get out yarded in every game and make the playoffs. Would you bet it? You would because Mike Tomlin's the coach. Exactly. I would love to see that bet, what that price would be. All right, it's a big night in college basketball. Three top 25 v. top 25 matchups. We'll break them down next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $5 on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHARP. The crown is 
yours as we continue. Tuesday edition of Sharp Money, Robert Turbin, CBS Sports College Football Analyst, joins us in about 15 minutes. Right now, Mo, it's really our first big mega college basketball card of the year. We get three top 25 v top 25 matchups tonight. Champions Classic from the United Center in Chicago. Where do you stand on them holding this, this tournament of week, week and a half into the year, as opposed to literal opening night? I got no problem with it. I mean, look, this is made for television. They're bringing these teams like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, and, of course, Michigan State because they're always willing to play people. You get an opportunity to get some major brands in there. When you think about college basketball, I mean, Michigan State's been great because of Izzo, but if you replace them with UCLA, you're talking about four of the big blue bloods, right? Sure. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and UCLA there. But no problem with Michigan State being in this one. This should be an interesting one. And you look at this Duke team right now. They have the home loss last Friday night to, uh, of course, Arizona. Great road win by Tommy Lloyd's team. The one concern I have when I look at Duke right now is, and this is the same problem Kentucky's had since they go back to that Anthony Davis National Championship. They've got great talent. But the problem is most guys don't stick around. The guys that stick around are like Jeremy Roach. There's a reason why Jeremy Roach is sticking around, because he's not wanted in the NBA. You know, Kyle Filipowski came back. I think Mark Mitchell made a great decision by coming back. I think both of these guys will be gone at the end of the year. you got a young kid in Tyrese Proctor. They've got some good talent. But can Shire put this team together as a yeah. collective when you get down the stretch? I think the reason why you're seeing the number come down right now in favor of Michigan State, which was that plus four down to three and a half. Got a more experienced team. Tyson Walker in that bar, uh, backcourt. Hogard, Sissoko. These are more experienced, older players. And we don't think about it a lot uh, when you talk about this, Ben. But having guys that are 20, 21, 22 compared to guys that are 17, 18, and 19 at this stage makes a bit of a difference unless you've got an uber-talented guy like a LeBron or something like that. But uh, so I think that's a challenge here when you look at it from a, a Blue Devils perspective tonight. I'm not going to play this game. I, I want to see the consistency. I don't believe in Sparty as much as other people do. I think Purdue's going to win the Big Ten. I don't think they have an answer for uh, the big man inside Zach Eady. And I think the challenge tonight is Mark Mitchell defensively will present some problems to Michigan State on the interior from a shot-blocking perspective. Now, Sissoko's tremendous on the glass. He can block shots himself. Uh, but this is a game where I think Walker's got to shoot the ball well. This is a team that really struggled the ball, uh, shooting the ball from the perimeter against JMU. They're going to have to be effective tonight if they're going to beat Duke from the perimeter. Uh, Michigan State, if you look, look at the struggles, it's very, very simple. Went from the third best three-point shooting team in the country last year to literally hitting 6.5% of their threes. Yeah. Nobody who has made a three this year is worse in college basketball. So isn't it maybe a little bit of an overstatement to say all these, these reports we've watched of, oh, well, Tom Izzo just doesn't relate to today's player because of the transfer portal and NIL, when in reality Sparty's just not making threes, and they made a ton of them last year. Yeah, first of all, I don't know who the hell wrote that or said that. They're idiots. I mean, it has nothing to do with that. Look, if you want to knock Izzo for the fact that they don't win the national title, that's fair. They don't have the same level of recruit that Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Villanova, and these other teams have brought in. That's where the shortcoming for Michigan State has been. And I get it. you got to go back to the 2000 season with the, uh, season with the Flintstones, Mateen, Cleves, and company when they won the national title. That's where their failure has been. By the way, wanted to get that Mateen, Cleves reference in because yes. we, if you had today uh, <laughs> North Florida, Troy Smith, and Mateen, Cleves across the board there, you hit the uh, three-team parlay. Thank you, Mo, uh, for completing but, it. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, you look at this matchup, and I think this is a great in-game opportunity. Both teams will have run, both teams will have some runs, but neither of these teams is a complete product right now. Duke now up to four. Once again, most shops total sitting consensus either 141.5 or 142 between Duke and Michigan State. I like under 142. Played it last night yeah. at the opener, 142.5. You have two top 20 defensive efficient teams on a neutral floor with one of those two teams being absolutely putrid from beyond the arc. 
in Michigan State shooting 6.5% from three. And head coach Tom Izzo comes out and says, we are going to make this a dogfight no matter how much it takes. I expect this to be a slog. I'd play it as low as 140, but give me the under in a matchup of two underperforming offensive teams early in the year. You know, I don't think it's a bad play at all. And I actually would lean towards the under before I take the over in this one. The only thing that concerns me is that both teams shoot the ball pretty well. They're willing to play at tempo. And I, I think this game, you're going to play somewhere at least at a minimum in the 130s. If this game and the early start of the in play comes below 135, I would play the over. But this is not a game I'm going to get involved in. Uh, 141, I think the number's set fairly accurately. Duke is not quite the tempo team that they were towards the end of the Mike Krzyzewski era. They've certainly backed off, and especially against yeah. Arizona, you saw Duke actually elect to play some of those possessions a little bit slower. So uh, Duke right now ranked ninth in the country. Michigan State dropping down from top five preseason now to 18th as those two have the first of a double dip. Second game is number one ranked Kansas against 17th ranked Kentucky. And as I update the odds screen here, uh, seeing just one-way traffic come in towards, uh, towards Kansas. This thing was Jayhawks minus four and a half on the opener. Yeah. It's now seven painted. That's just too much of a premium for me to pay as much as I certainly believe Kansas wins the game tonight. I tend to agree with you. Look, Kentucky, you look at this team, Reeves and Dillingham have gotten off to good starts for them, averaging better than 14 points per game. Edwards as well, when you look at the uh, collective contribution here, Justin Edwards. But to me, I, I think this is a talented Kentucky team. They'll get better as we get towards SEC league play. And just kind of thinking off the top of my head, in that league, right there with Tennessee, they'll be competing for the for the conference championship. But right now, you're going up against a different animal. I, you know, last year in November, during the PK-80 and the night invitational, I thought Connecticut was going to win the national championship. This year, I don't need to wait to see anybody. Kansas winning the national championship. They're the best team in college basketball. Now, they're not a UNLV great team, but when you look at everybody else in the landscape in college basketball, Bill Self has the best program right now. They bring in Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, and I'm going to tell you, this is one of the best fits I've ever seen for a team with K.J. Adams in there. K.J. Adams is rock-solid, great rebounder, but now you bring it. He's a little bit undersized at about 6'6". Now you bring in a guy in Hunter Dickinson who's 6'11", 250, 260 pounds. You can't bring him, you can't move him off the post, but he can also go to the perimeter, shoot the three-point shot. He's tremendous on the exterior. And then Dewan Harris is the prolific point guard that this team needs. He's a distributor first. He's not a scorer. The only thing he's going to have to do is knock down some shots when the opportunities present themselves. The one weakness the Rock Chalk Jayhawk has is perimeter shooting. If they can be consistent from the perimeter, this team's going to be extremely dangerous. They don't have that shooter like they did last year in Grady Dick. Even Jalen Wilson could knock down some shots last year. If Bill Self can find the shooter, they're going to be just fine. I don't think anybody's going to be able to play with them. In terms of this matchup tonight, you're right. Seven's a little bit high. So what I would do is if you like Kansas like I do, wait. Maybe Kentucky jumps out to a 10-4 lead, something like that. Then you get an in-game number at 4.5, and, and you take uh, Kentucky here. I think the I think – the, uh, Excuse me, not Kentucky. You take, take Kansas, you, yeah. Kansas. I, I would think that would be a really popular yeah. in-game bet if that's how it starts. So Kansas, I think, is going to have a fantastic season. This should be on par with 97 where they were 34-2. and two. I don't think Kansas will be 34-2 and two at the end of the season. But I think this is a team that should not lose more than four games during the regular year. Baylor's going to be tough. you got to go to Stillwater. They're always competitive there. Uh, Gallagher-Iba. Uh, Texas is a good basketball team. So there's different spots where you're going to have to win some games. But I think they're the class of college basketball. Barring injury, at my estimation, at the end of the year, they'll cut down the nets in Arizona. KU now for the regular season title odds in the Big 12. Two to one. It's just interesting to look at the odds That's now. Because, well, and I, It's interesting because 
how much shorter would that number be had Houston not transitioned into the Big 12, where Cougars are getting a lot of respect, plus 350 is your second choice. Houston will create some problems for this team because of how well they defend. But remember, they lost uh, Tremont Mark. They lose uh, Marcus Sasser, who went to the NBA. Uh, you know, they, they lost the young kid who's with the Indiana Pacers, or excuse me, Detroit Pistons. I'm trying to blank on his name. Loved him a lot there on that team last year. But to me, Kelvin's teams will defend, but the one problem that Kelvin's teams have had, and the reason why they couldn't win the national titles, they don't score the ball consistently enough. And you've got to go to KU. Look, they're not going to lose a home game. Bill Self has lost fewer home games than the number of seasons he's coached at KU. It's an yeah. astounding stat. That's how good they are at the fog. Best home court advantage in college basketball. And then you look at them on the road. They find ways, whether it's at the O'Farrell Center, whether it's going to be down at the Fertitta Center in Houston. This team will bring it every night. They are a complete basketball team. I think in league play, they probably don't lose more than two and a half games. I would make the over-under for the season. They're that good. Yeah. I mean, hard to hard to disagree with it. And you, you watch how now with Hunter Dickinson in the fold, this is one of the 12 tallest teams in the country, number one effective field goal percentage team through the early part of the year. Not a surprise to see the market go in KU's favor tonight. How about a really enticing game, true road game for Marquette, top five unit for the Golden Eagles going to Champaign, Illinois, taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini. As I update my odd screen, there's some question marks here about the uh, the health Tyler. of the guard, Tyler Kolek, yeah. ankle injury last time out against Ryder. Little money here coming in all on Illinois from one and a half point favorites at home up to two. Yeah, Mark listen, away. the game's in Champaign. I, I take the uh, Illini here. This is the team that's always tough uh, when you play at uh, Champaign. This would not be an easy game going on the road here uh, for Shaka Smart and company. they got a very good team. I don't believe Marquette's a top-five team in college basketball. I think they're a good team. You mentioned Tyler Kolick being out on this one. That's going to be a big blow. Jones has gotten off to a fast start for this team, Cam Jones, averaging 21 points per game. This is a good basketball team. They're balanced. They've got four double-digit scores, including Kolick. But to me, Terrence Shannon, a guy, remember, he was at Texas Tech. He expected him to get to the NBA. Hasn't kind of played out that way. He's having a good start so far this year. The concern I have for the Illini is consistent scoring. Can they find that consistent score? Excuse me. I, that's one. Where do you, Who's the second and third guy for them? That's the real question for this team right now. Quincy Garrier, remember, he played at Syracuse and Oregon. He's on this team. Good perimeter shooter. Good length for them. Uh, Underwood's team should be able to win this game. I like them in this spot at home tonight. If this are a neutral site or, of course, in Milwaukee, I would be with Marquette. Sure. But the Illini being at home, give them the edge here tonight. Especially with the banged-up Tyler Kolek yeah. in that background. Hey, Cam Jones is a guard. Not not overly uh, out there to say he could be a top five, top ten player in the country by season's end. He's got that sort of upside. has been incredible to start the season. We have one more hour to go here on VEASAN Sharp Money. We'll start the hour with Robert Turbin, CBS College football analyst, next. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.